And I do feel like I've got a fresh word for you tonight. You want a fresh word? I, I think I've got it. If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to open them with me to the book of Acts. I want to go to the book of Acts chapter 1 for just a few moments. Lord, don't let me preach tonight to impress anybody. But let me preach tonight to bless your people. Speak tonight. Speak, Holy Spirit. Now, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Look with me in the book of Acts. I want to just highlight a couple of scriptures. Acts chapter 1, verse 2, until that day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, from what we know as the upper room. He said, Don't depart. And I want to speak to you for just a few moments tonight on the subject of be there. Two words, be there. Just turn to somebody and say, be there. Jesus said, Jesus said, it's going to happen. Something miraculous is going to happen in that upper room. The wind is going to blow. The fire is going to fall. The devil is going to be given an unreboundable defeat. The church is going to be gloriously established and ignited. And my challenge to you, my disciples, is one of personal priority. Your part, the main thing you are to do is to simply be there when it happens. Jesus said, if you will be there, you will be blessed. If you will be there, you will be endued with power. If you will be there, I'll give you my purpose for your life. If you will be there, I will begin to lead and guide you in ways that you never dreamed that I could do. But your part is to be there. The first sermon preached after the day of Pentecost or on the day of Pentecost was when Peter said, save yourselves from this untoward generation. He said, save yourselves, in so many words, from this ungeneration. Save yourselves from this unpredictable, unavailable, unreliable, unfaithful, undependable generation. Save yourselves from the ungeneration. You see... All moments are not equal opportunity moments. Sometimes you have to be there or you can miss something major in your life. There's something about being faithful to God, to his house, to his call, to the place that he's planted you. And, and, and not all moments are equal opportunity moments. The Bible said that Jesus appeared to the disciples after his resurrection. And in John 20, 24, it said Thomas was not there. And history is not kind to Thomas because he is forever labeled doubting Thomas. He only missed one time. 
But because he missed one time, God was merciful and gave him another appearance, Jesus did. But the truth is, history will forever record Thomas as being doubting Thomas because he was not there where he was supposed to be. The command of, this genera to, of Jesus to this generation of absentee fathers, absentee mothers, absentee Christians is be there. Be there. Be there for your family. Be there for your children. Be there for your pastor. Be there for your church. Be there on Sunday. Be there in revival. Be there in conference. I'm preaching to young people. This is so simple. But if you really want to find the will of God, get in church and be there. You'll be amazed how God will piece it all together. But a lot of this is just getting there and sticking and staying there. Be there. Shout, be there. Just be there. Your part is simply to be there. I'm going to send the wind. I'm going to send the fire. I'm going to send the power. I'm going to send it all. All I need from you is to be there. The greatest gift that you can give your family is not presence, but presence. The greatest gift you can give your family, all the gifts that you can give them, all of the money that you can send them cannot take the place of your presence. And this is a pastor talking up here. I'm telling you that God is not interested as much in your presence because the Bible said that sacrifice is not as great as obedience. There's something about your presence that is greater than any presence. And the same is true with the, with the Lord and a church service. We can have all the presence and all the stuff that God can give, but if we don't have his presence, it's time to be there. Children spell love, T-I-M-E. The significance of success has been overplayed in our society. You can become success intoxicated. You can get to the place that all that matters to you is success until, until you don't realize what's really important anymore. The word success is only found one time in all of the Bible. Of all the stuff, I'm all for being a success, but it's only found one time in the Bible. Joshua 1 and 8, if you meditate in the word, you'll have good success. That's it. It's never mentioned again. Success is not required, but faithfulness is. We want a heaven or hell issue. Success is not a heaven or hell issue, but faithfulness is. For you see, he said, be thou faithful unto death and I'll give you a crown of life. He calls us the faithful and the true. And our goal should not be position. Our goal should not be prosperity. Our goal should not be success. Our goal should be faithfulness to God, faithfulness to our family, faithfulness to our call, faithfulness to wherever God has planted you. And whether your ministry is as big as somebody else's, that is not what you will be judged by. We judge ourselves. We compare ourselves. But he says, the thing I look at in your life is, are you faithful? Will you be there where I told you to be? 
so important just to be there. Shout, be there. Our goal should be faithfulness. You'll be blessed if you'll just be there in the place, in the position, in the call that I placed you. Don't try to be somebody else. Just be there who you are, what I've called you to do. Simon of Cyrene was privileged to help carry the cross of Jesus. He was the first man to ever feel the weight of the cross. He was the first man to ever have the blood of sacrifice splattered on him. He was the first man to feel the weight of the cross. He had no special training. He had no special talents. There was nothing that made him superior to anybody else except for the fact he was there. That's the whole deal with Simon of Cyrene. The crucifixion wouldn't have happened if a guy hadn't been there hanging around Jesus. Just another somebody in the crowd. You may feel like tonight you're not important. You may feel like that you're just one in the crowd. You may feel like that you're a nobody and a nothing. But let me tell you something. If you'll just hang around Jesus... If you just hang around the church, if you just hang around a place like this and get involved in it and get planted in it, one day the Holy Spirit will say, hey, you, he'll pull you out of the crowd, carry this cross. Hey, you, lay your hands on that sick person and heal them. Hey, you, write this song. Hey, you, write this book. Hey, you that nobody's noticed, I've noticed you. You're there. Every time I need you, you're there. And man may not notice you, but I notice you. And there'll come a time when the Holy Spirit will say, because you're there, here, I give you this. That's my testimony. I don't have a testimony of being wild and crazy. All my life, all, my, my mom and dad, they, they had a saying. They said, you can't grow bananas in Jamaica. You can't grow bananas in Alaska, but you can in Jamaica. And so they had this policy, basically, that they kept us in church all the time. And so my dad was a pastor, and when he needed a drummer in the church, I learned to play the drums. I didn't know how to play the drums, but I was there, and he bought me a set of drums, and I started playing. First few services were pretty rough, but I picked it up. I can play the drums now. If they were still out here, I'd play them for you. And then my dad, my dad needed a piano player, and I learned the piano because I was there, and I just learned to play the piano. And then they needed a soloist to sing for the choir, and so... They said, he's here all the time, let him sing. <laughs> then my dad one day said, Jensen, I need a junior high Sunday school teacher. And I know you're only 16, but you're so faithful, and God told me that you're to teach this class. And I started teaching the junior highs and teaching them the Word of God and the Holy Spirit began to move, and God filled that little class up. It just packed out. It wasn't me. I was just there. That's my testimony. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be super talented. You don't have to be somebody extraordinary. You just be there and watch what God can do if you'll just be there. 
Come on and give the Lord a big shout of praise if you believe it. Come on, you can give him a better praise than that. I, I, I hear all these preachers talking about a double portion. Can I tell you the key to getting a double portion? You don't have to send for a bottle of water on a TV evangelist that he got out of his toilet probably. He didn't come from the Jordan River. You want a double portion anointing? You know how Elisha got a double portion? Elijah said, listen to, listen to what it said in 2 Kings 2 and verse 9. He said, if you're there when I'm taken from you, then it shall be that you will have a double portion. But if you're not there, it shall not be so. And some of you don't understand that when you're working in a ministry and you're parking cars or you're, you're, you're ushering or you're working behind the scenes building sets and doing amazing things for God, people may not notice it, but I'm telling you, God notices it. God sees your sacrifice. God sees what you're doing. He sees you there, and he says, there's somebody that I can trust with my anointing. That which, you, you know, when, when he asked for, he said, make mine a double. I, I, lo I love Elisha's attitude. He said, I don't want what you've got. I want double what you've got. I'm praying that God will raise up a generation that is not happy with what they've seen us do. They want double what, oh, come on. And you know what? It's not going to come to superstars and hot shots and, 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 and egomaniacs. It's going to come to humble kids that are just there in prayer meeting and there in Bible study and there in small groups and there involved in volunteering and there in the mentorship program and there in the Bible college. They're just there. Oh, but I'm called to be a prophet to the nations. You have to be there in a church humbling yourself before God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16 said, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, the voice of an archangel will sound, and the trump of God will sound, the dead in Christ will, will be raised, and those of us, listen to this, who are alive and remain. The word remain means be there. It's not enough to be alive and then become remains of a previous move of God. He didn't say, I'm coming back for a bunch of old uh, uh, decayed remains of a beautiful church and experience that used to be. I'm coming back for those who are alive and remain alive in worship, in hope, in faith, in vision, in, 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 in belief in me. Alive and remain alive. Be there. You know, I'm 50 years old, and when I turned 50, why didn't you gasp for breath? Why, why did... <laughs> but when I turned 50, the Lord whispered to my heart and my spirit and said, be careful. You've entered into the most dangerous season of your life. 
Now, I didn't understand what that meant, but I began to look at it. And do you know many of the major Bible characters in the Scripture fail after 50? David, Solomon. So my point is, it's not enough to have been alive. You have to stay alive and remain in that passionate, God, do it tonight. We can't live off yesterday's blessings. We've got to be there tonight. Tonight. I, I, I wrote a book several years ago on fasting, and it accidentally took off. The publisher certainly wasn't expecting it. And that book is almost sold. It's right at a million copies now. It's amazing. I'm, I'm humbled by it. But recently, I went back to Isaiah 58 and 6, the chosen fast, and I saw something that I've never seen before and I've never heard anybody preach on before. Listen to these words. Is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to break every yoke? Is not this to give your bread to the hungry and to feed them? Listen, here's what got me. That you hide not yourself from your own flesh. He said, I want you to go on a fast. But not just from food. I want you to hide from, I want you to fast from hiding yourself from your own flesh. Your own children, your own family. You've been hiding, you've been withdrawn, you've been busy, you've been going. But, but I want you to go on a fast and you're going to fast some opportunities and you're going to fast some amazing trips that you could take. I want you to fast some of that stuff so you can be there and take your little boy fishing. Take your, go to your little girl's recital. That, that, didn't, that point didn't go over good. But he said, fast, listen to the words, and hide not yourself from your own flesh. Declare a fast from hiding yourself from your own flesh and blood. The reason it's a fast is because you have to say no to opportunities. You have to say no to personal pleasure sometimes, even hobbies. I'm a parent of five children. My wife and I have been married 26 years, and we have five children. And, and basically, my life is a balancing act. And sometimes I feel real good about what I'm saying right now, and other times I feel like a jerk and a failure as a father. But what I've learned, finally I've learned that really what my kids want, they don't care about my title. They don't care about where I am. They don't care. And we've got to do what God's called us to do. I'm here because I'm supposed to be here. But what I've learned is there are times when they need their daddy to be there. I just need to be there. Kids don't care what kind of title you hold. My, my 23-year-old, Friday, Saturday, two weeks ago, called me the week of and said, Daddy, we have not got to hang. She's married, and we all work in the ministry. She's awesome. And, but we've just been, you know, going, going, going. And she said, Daddy, I want a date with you. 
23. I said, you're married. What's wrong with you? She said, I want a date with you. And she said, Dad, I've got two tickets to the Barry Manilow concert. He's coming to the... Barry Manilow? <laughs> so here I am with my daughter sitting in a Barry Manilow concert. Oh, Mandy, when you... Y'all don't know these songs. Do you know who Barry Manilow is? I write the songs. <laughs> the young people are like, what is he? <laughs> the end of the night. We had a great time. The end of the night. She reaches across and kisses me on the cheek. And she says, oh, Daddy, this has been one of the greatest nights of my life. And it messed me up. And when she left, I pulled off and I just began to break and weep. I said, God, don't ever let me forget the lesson of just being there. Just being there. I've got a, I've got a pastor friend in America and he recently had a grandson, and he's so proud of that grandson. And he went to the hospital when his daughter had this son. And, uh, and I, I know you're listening intently because <laughs> I didn't think about this, but it's true. He, he got permission from the dad and his daughter, the mother of the baby, to take the newborn straight from the hospital they were checking out of the hospital, and he said, come on, we're going to go somewhere before you go home. And he took that brand-newborn baby into the church that he pastors. And he said, hey, little fella, I just wanted you to come here first before you go anywhere else in this big old world. You're coming to God's house because you need to get used to this. Your whole life is going to be built around this right here, the church. This is where you're going to be all the days of your life. And he's holding up his little baby. Can you see it? What I'm saying to you tonight in this simple little message is you don't have to be extraordinary. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be spectacular. But if God could find him some people who would say, I'm going to be there in the place of prayer. I'm going to be there in worship. I am the designated praise leader of my row, and nobody on my row, if nobody else worships, I'm there. I'm going to be there every morning opening this book up. Not to get a sermon or to show people how smart I am, but I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. I'm at a point in my life 
where I've heard enough beautiful, wonderful, astonishing sermons, but I keep reading about Paul, and he said, I didn't come with enticing words of man's wisdom. There was something about his spirit that would touch the people that he communicated to. And when you get there where his presence is, and he is real in your life, and you're passionate about him, it makes all the difference in the world. And, oh, God, my prayer for this conference, I don't have another night to just waste in a place. I want us to get there. I want us to get in his presence. I want us to get broken. I want us to get messed up. I want us to lift hands and really mean it. I want us to lift our voice and really feel it. I want to get there because if we will just be there, he can change this city. He can change this nation. He can change this world. And if anybody's hungry to get there, just give God a great praise right now. Come on, just get up on your feet. Just get up on your feet. Put your hands together and lift up a great praise to our Savior. Come on, just praise him a minute. To say, Lord, stir me in my soul in this conference. We're going to go old school for just a moment. I want you to reach over and lay your hand on somebody's shoulder all over this room. Just touch them on the shoulder. As they come to the music... Lord, I thank you tonight that I feel your spirit in this room. You're ready to move across this congregation. There are people in this room that are here for this conference by divine assignment. There's no question about it. And tonight, Lord, I know you have direction for their life. I know you have direction for their ministry. I know you have a call. I know you have a cross for them to carry. And Lord, I pray, I pray that men and women under the sound of my voice would hear two words deep in their spirit. Be there. Be there for your church. Be there for your God. Be there for your family. Be there. Refuse to be, to be separated from your own flesh. Hide not yourself from your own flesh and your bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh.